welcome to Fictionary. I'm your host, Deetra, and I'm so glad that you're here and that you are you. Today, I am drinking water and a couple of a leaf. I'm feeling the pain from my weekend, and I don't care if this ages me, but I am not built for the club life. Not that I was like clubbing, clubbing, but you know, I was out there doing my thing. And truthfully though, it wasn't the club so much as it's me in holding to the essence of my clubsiness. I ate it in spectacular fashion and I managed to hurt my knee. My poor knee that has been subjected to my intense clumsiness repeatedly. My poor knee that has seen its best twerking days and is not doing anybody's good knee dance challenge. My poor knee that has intimate knowledge of all types of hard surfaces. That knee took the L literally this weekend and I am feeling it today. So believe water, biofreeze patches, and knee brace, it is. Send help. I'm, I'm hurting, guys. So, but in spite of my abject clumsiness, I did have an amazing time celebrating one of my best good friends, Miss Brittany, and her upcoming, I guess we'll call them renuptials because they're married, but they are renewing their vows and, um, you know, doing the wedding that they always wanted to do. So, I think it's amazing. I'm so excited. So, you know, it was, of course, I had to be a little bit naughty since it was her bachelor party like I just didn't know that her nana was gonna be there um so you know pasties and panties with aggressively suggestive commentary were you know probably like more hilariously awkward than usual in these kind of settings um <laughs> but you know nana been around she she's she, she's she's probably seen some things so she laughed she thought it was funny but I was like oh no <laughs> um, but at least I didn't I didn't get any toys for her because that was I was thinking about doing that um Nana probably would have made me go pick out a switch if I'd done that I'm sure um like, did any of y'all ever have to do that like uh go pick your switch I feel like it's worse punishment than the actual whooping that you get like Go pick the device that's going to torture you. And don't pick the wrong one because then your grandma is going to go get one and it's going to be the worst, most flexible, nubile branch that she can find. So it's it's psychological warfare. It's messed up, man. It's It makes the eventual swat that you get with the, with the switch even worse. I don't know. Ugh. Memories. All right. So we just went down a weird... Uh, <laughs> memory lane but switches were the worst so anyway yay it's time for the fictionary book gang i hope you guys are excited this week we are talking about the book the other black girl by zakia delila harris and i've been saying zakia delilah harris and i've been saying it wrong at least according to um this interview that i was listening to it's delila um so this is our first time doing the fictionary book gang so please give me some feedback on what you would like me to address on future books and the types of questions and answers that you'd like to hear i'll be sharing some questions for you guys to answer hopefully we can interact a little bit on this i'm going to be giving my thoughts on this book um and just as a warning, this portion of the podcast may include some spoilers. I'm doing my best to avoid them. But if you want to avoid avoid them entirely, please skip ahead. You don't want to listen to this because I'm just going to be talking about my feelings about the book. But again, like I said, I am trying my hardest to 
avoid doing any blatant spoilers, but we'll see. All right, so I'm going to start this off and I I will say I was really, really looking forward to this book, but unfortunately I found that it was an exhausting read for me beyond the fact that I feel like it took, it was such a slow burn. It took forever to get to like the meat of the story, which the meat was like not meaty for me, in my opinion, but it was also just like exhausting the, the subject matter. Um, so the story, it centers around a young black woman named Nella, and she's working in the publishing industry. And as many non-white people can possibly relate to, she's the only person of color. She's the only black person who works in the office. And being the only person of color in the office, she feels that it's her duty to bring greater awareness to the importance of diversity. So this doesn't go very well for her. Like It's hard for her, any, her to get anybody to attend the meeting. It's just not going well, but you know, she's enjoying her job. She's working for one of the uh, top editors in the publishing house. And so that's where we are with Nella. Then a character named Hazel is hired and Hazel is black. And when Hazel is hired, Nella is super excited about this. She's excited that there's another black girl in the office, someone that she can relate to and talk to about the microaggressions and the racism she experiences. And it's like, yes, someone who will understand, right? And you know, I don't know. I can relate to this personally because I've been in places where I'm the only black person or the only person of color and it can be lonely and it can be kind of oppressive feeling. I've had people say to me that I'm quote, not like other black people or you're so articulate or I've even I had people touch my hair without my permission. I've been told that I was overreacting to something that happened i.e. I was acting like the angry black woman, okay? Um, I had a white boss make a comment about watermelon and fried chicken to me, and it was very inappropriate. I was super young when this happened. So I've experienced these things. So I really, 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 really wanted this book to address them, and I really, really wanted to like Nella and and Hazel. Unfortunately, I didn't. And you know, I mean, okay, As a reader and as a writer, I do like when there is a character that doesn't have a lot of redeeming qualities, but they're the protagonist. And in some ways you find yourself rooting for them or you're at least invested in their story. In this case, I wasn't. Nella just wasn't a strong protagonist for me. I felt like she was always on the cusp of crossing a line. And like even when Hazel came and started working there, Nella felt insecure because Nella was uh, sorry Hazel was like the the perfect black woman or you know the quote-unquote like ideal black woman like she had the locks like she was just like she felt threatened by her in a sense and um I don't know it was just I guess maybe it was foreshadowing on the author's part because I do find that Nella well you know, Nella, she, to me, crosses a line in the book. I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Um, and then Hazel, she's the, the quote unquote, the other black girl. She always seems like slightly suspect to me. 
and sometimes she seems like she could be possibly likable. It turns out that she's also not the greatest. And I'm not going to get into the plot twist that happens in case you want to read the book. Um, nobody in the book was, uh, I didn't love any of the characters in the book. There was nobody that I was really invested in their story. So, and this is what I want to say. I understand the hard work that goes into writing a book. Like I haven't finished one yet. So it's work, it's hard. And I respect that, but I just feel like this book fell short of my expectations. And I felt like there were just areas in which the author could have explored a little bit more. Like it's a book written and I read this um, and I was like, this is exactly how I feel. It's a book written about black women, but it's not written for black women. And even if you go through and like you go on Goodreads and you read like the reviews, like pretty much every person of color that reviews the book is like, this was trash. Like they give it a poor review. But then you know, other people are giving it like these high ratings. And I'm like, oh, I mean, it kind of makes sense if you read the book. I don't know. I want to hear what you guys think about this. So I guess in the words of Issa Rae, I am rooting for everyone black, guys. And this book is not rooting for everyone black, at least that's the vibe that I got when I read this. And I'm rooting for everybody. I want everybody, you know, if you got good intentions, you're trying to do good in the world, do well. But I am rooting for black people. Um, and the idea of black women being pitted against one another in the corporate world, it's not a foreign concept. The idea of women of any race being pitted against each other, it's its known, it's common. Like, we know this happens. I just didn't like the... Um, the outcome of this book. I guess that's what it is. There's no, there's no hope. There's no redemption. It's just, in my opinion, succumbing to the systemic racism and choosing to more move forward, only thinking of the individual. And while this can be a reality, I just, I don't know, like when I read stuff, I want to read something that is going to give hope or, you know, not paints such a negative picture. And also one that I don't, really agree with. Maybe it's like something the author herself experienced, but I don't think that it's across the board an experience that people have. But I don't know. That's just, again, my opinion. Also, I just want to say that it took forever to get to the plot twist. I mean, like it was a really long time, like maybe like the majority of the book, like it's like the last like 20% of the book, like you get into what's really going on the underlying story and I mean I really felt like it took too long to get to that and it really wasn't like I wasn't invested I didn't care about the characters I wasn't like oh sitting on the edge of my seat like oh what's gonna happen and then when it did happen I was just like really this is it really really like really I don't know anyway no offense Miss Zakia Dalila Harris much power to you you got a television series coming out of this like it's a number one bestseller like you did your thing girl like you're making money you're doing your thing but I just personally I, I'm not a fan of this book and I hope maybe you know I see that you are a good writer but this book just it wasn't it for me and I didn't like where it went and what happened so maybe like the tv series might explore things a little bit deeper and like round things out and make it more palatable for me but this was not so yeah that's it guys <laughs> 
So those are my thoughts on the book. Try not to give too many spoilers or like give like a full picture of everything that happens. But I just, I don't know. I was hoping for more from this book. Hopefully our next book will be better. Um, Send me your suggestions this week and we will announce the new book next Tuesday. So hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or Twitter. Um, Just follow Fictionary underscore podcast and send me your book suggestions. I want to read something a little bit lighter, something fun. So send me some good suggestions, guys. Also, make sure that you follow me on the Versus Game app. That's V-R-S-U-S-G-A-M-E. If you think that you know it all and you want to put that to the test, this is the perfect app for you. You can earn actual money or you can play just for fun. I post games weekly, so make sure to go there and follow us at, you got it, Fictionary underscore podcast and play some of the games. I have a lot of fun. I do a lot of games based on Netflix and what's coming out. And I've also started doing some polling questions. So like pumpkin spice versus apple cider. I was very disappointed that pumpkin spice went out. I will say it was by a small margin. It was 54% versus 46%. I feel like apple cider should have won, but I'm not a pumpkin spice hater. I just, you know, apple cider is the superior fall flavor to me, in my opinion. I'm giving a lot of opinions today, guys. You don't have to like agree with me. It's okay. And you know, if you love the book, let me know why you love the book. Like I'd love to hear some opposing thoughts on it. So hit me up. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and get into our story for today. And you know, it's spooky season. So obviously it's a spooky story. And it is a story I have the prompts for you. It's way more than 100 words. I'm not even sure how many words it is, but it is what it is. I just wanted to write scary stories for this season for you guys. I don't know how scary this is. And like I said, I understand how it feels to be critiqued. So you know, if you guys think it's trash, you think it's trash. (laughs) That's okay. But hopefully you don't think it's trash and you enjoy and that's why you keep listening. All right, we're going to go ahead and get into our story. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a cup of apple cider, not pumpkin spice latte, and prepare for the story. Our story for today is titled The Walk. The genre is ghost story. The word is twilight. And the action is whispering to someone. Fall brings changing leaves, sweaters, pumpkin spice, football games, and the early setting of the sun. This last thing means my walk home from school after drama club happens at twilight, the time when the sun has disappeared beneath the horizon, and it's mostly dark, but there's still a kiss of light in the sky. I used to love this walk. I would listen to music on my AirPods and walk slowly, enjoying the bite and the temperature and the crunch of the leaves beneath my feet. As I said, I used to love it until exactly one week ago. I left drama club feeling excited and proud. Miss Seifer, our teacher and leader of the drama club, had told me my monologue from Gone Girl was prolific. And Danny McDreamy Jackson asked me to partner him for the scene reading project. I was buzzing and listening to Beyonce when I heard it. Someone whispering in my ear. You'd better pick up the pace. I froze in opposition to the suggestion and pulled out my AirPods looking wildly around, but there was no one there. I pulled my phone from my pocket and hit rewind on the song and let it play into the dusky hues of twilight. It was only Beyonce. No weird voice, nothing but music. I wrote it off and finished my walk back home, 
forgetting the incident as my thoughts turned again to Danny and what scenes I could suggest. It had to be something romantic. The next day on my walk home, my mind drifted back to the strange incident and I removed my headphones, placing them in my pocket for safekeeping. I wanted to be focused that day. As I walked, I paused to watch a flock of little black birds in the field dance around each other in effortless grace as they migrated. I blew a breath and was surprised to see a cloud of condensation form. It was fall, but it wasn't that cold outside that day. Suddenly, I heard the voice again, this time more urgent and directly in my ear. Hurry up, get out of here now. This time I listened. I ran all the way home without looking back. It's been this way every day for the last week. I would ask my mom to pick me up, but she works the evening shift at the hospital and she can't do it. And no one lives in my direction, so I don't want to ask anyone in my drama club for a ride. Besides, how would I explain it? Well, you see, I need a ride because I'm pretty sure a ghost has been following me and yelling at me to move faster for the last week. I do not need freaky ghost girl added to my resume. So I haven't asked. Today, I'm walking with quick, firm steps, clutching a small can of pepper spray in one hand and my phone in the other. It was another warm fall day, so when I felt the temperature suddenly drop, I picked up my pace, moving swiftly and looking around vigilantly. Run! You need to run! I hear the voice in my ear no longer whispering but screaming, and I begin to cry, terrified. I look around and I see no one, but a red pickup truck is driving toward me. The truck slows down and my heart races, and then it slows when I see it's McDreamy. He rolls down the passenger window, coming to a stop beside me. Hey Maria, do you need a ride? He asks, looking like a modern-day knight in shining armor. Sure, if you don't mind, I say, not wanting to seem too eager, but also anxious to get away from whatever has been following me. Of course, he says, and I sigh with relief when I hear the doors unlock. I pocket my pepper spray and cell phone and quickly hop into the passenger seat and buckle my seatbelt. Danny starts driving before I finish strapping in. He's driving pretty fast, and he hasn't asked where I live. I'm at 206 Elm Street, so at the next stop sign, make a right, and I'm like six houses down, I say helpfully. Danny laughs, and I feel a chill run down my spine. He seems strange today, but anything is better than a freaking ghost, right? As we approach the stop sign, I remind Danny that this is where we need to turn. I'm shocked when he doesn't even pause at the stop sign, but blasts right through it. Danny, I say anxiously, you missed my turn. He just laughs again. I see him push a button and hear the click of the door locks. Danny, seriously, stop messing around, I shout. I try to unbuckle my seatbelt and realize I can't move. The seatbelt is locked and it's weird and I'm strapped into place. Then I feel something poking me in my side. And I see that Danny has a knife. I start to cry and he just laughs louder. Outside, 
the last little bit of light has faded from the sky. An oppressive darkness covers the road. I hear that voice again. This time, it's a sad whisper. I told you to run. Now it's too late. The end. So sometimes I guess it's better the ghost that you know than the psychopath that you thought you knew, but then turns out that you didn't know him at all because he's actually crazy and has apparently been killing people. And now you're on the list of people that he's planning to kill and he's probably been stalking you. And that's why this ghost has been telling you to run. Anyway, I hope that you guys enjoyed this story. If you didn't, well... I don't know what to tell you, but that's all I got for you today. I am going to go ice and elevate my knee because it is killing me. And until next time, keep on reading.